And we're back. It's episode three of season two. It is Tuesday, January 25th. And I mentioned that, Kelsey, because um, the Bears were nice enough to hire their new GM today. So Ryan Poles is his name. And we'll talk about that for a little bit here uh, because that is the news of the day, right? As, as we recorded last week with Jordan Burnfield, we were not quite sure what they were going to do at general manager. We weren't quite sure whether they were going to hire a general manager first or a head coach first. Turns out it is the general manager after all. And uh, Kelsey, I don't know if you saw this because uh, I saw this late last night on Twitter. And I know you're not on Twitter, but mm-hmm. uh, um, there were reporter accounts or Bears blog accounts retweeting this one guy who happens to be just a, a real estate agent. Uh, I think that's what he does. What's his name? Um, I can find it. I, I'm going to search Twitter for it. Um, okay. Because I saw that a lot oh, you did. when okay. I was looking. Yeah, when I okay. was looking him up, and I assume it's the same guy. And I was like, yeah. who is this? He just happened to be at baggage claim at O'Hare last night uh-huh. and saw uh-huh. George McCaskey walk by in his very inconspicuous um, Bears jacket and Bears mask with Ryan Poles. And... Um, yeah, so the Bears have their new GM. We should have taken yeah. that as a sign uh, that George was going to be the one picking this guy up at the airport. So uh, I yeah. heard it was uh, it was quick because he was uh, being courted by lots, and uh, that makes me happy. And the Chiefs are uh, still in uh, in in the playoffs. Obviously, we'll yeah. t- we'll touch on the NFL playoffs and just what an epic weekend. Oh, yes, please. That football weekend was. I mean, they they always say, and and I use the royal they again, but. Um, <laughs> They always say that the divisional round of the playoffs is the best round of uh, playoff football that we that we get every year, and this year was Did Exhibit A. No, yeah. all four games end in a walk-off score. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but uh, Ryan Poles as the new general manager for your Chicago Bears. Kelsey, yep. I'm going to call him Ryan Foles. I'm going to call him Nick Foles. And I'm going to call him Ryan Pace. I know I I'm going to Pace. do that. Yeah. I, I knew I was gonna. That was gonna be tough. Um, yeah. But I think it's kind of encouraging. He's young. He's 36. He's, exactly. Yeah. Um, he's seemingly energetic. He's different from what we were afraid of. I think we were going to see. Um, and so I'm excited. And I think it's it's my very little knowledge of everything realistically when jordan was talking last week i was like wow this guy's so smart um he knows so many things which he is and he does but you know i'm just not in the world as much as as you guys obviously are but right i i like the look of him and i like the fact that they went somewhere that we all kind of thought they were afraid to go right. and that's a very very shallow and very first you know quick take um, but I'm not alone because everything that I saw was about how everyone's very excited. And now I think most fans are concerned about the same thing that we were last week, which is let him hire the coach. Right. You found your GM. You need to give this guy the power, particularly since he f- seems to not be a moron. Yeah. Um, and, and we kind of like and, and think they made a good pick. Um, so now let him do that next step. And I know Jordan was so particular about that. And right. I agree very much with him. Um, and so I think now the the true test is 
this great asset that they have <clears throat> sound familiar? <laughs> are they going to f it up? Right. Are there is the systematic dysfunction that you were talking about last week going to creep on in and they're going to be like, "Okay, we've got this guy. We got him saddled. He's here. And now we're not going to let him do a damn thing." <laughs> we're just going to make all the decisions. They're going to be bad decisions. They're going to be decisions that conflict with what he would do with everything. Is that what we're going to see? So, I'm I'm hesitantly optimistic as I am so often with the Bears. Um, but I just I just like the the feeling of energy I get from the guy and that's just a straight gut feeling um which is why I don't make hiring decisions for large <laughs> franchises um but I have hired a lot of people I have to say and yeah. I can tell you that oftentimes your gut is right it's been wrong before certainly but like there's something to be said about that I will say because I, I've uh, in this role that I've stepped into over the last year, I've done a lot of interviews with potential, you know, uh, new employees for for our company. And sure. you know, I, I don't know about you, Kels, but when I look at a resume, I'm not looking all that hard uh, at mm. it. I, I'm just kind of glancing You're at it to, to get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and given the role that I hire for, it's mm-hmm. uh, very much communication based, right? Yeah, I don't care what your sure. resume looks like. Also, with the role that that we hire for, like a background in what we do is not required at all. Your training so, on the job, it's there is no real background for it. Right. That, et cetera. It, yeah. In I, fact, I get where you're going. I'd almost rather, you know, not to get off on a tangent, but for what we do, I'd almost rather you come in with no knowledge of digital marketing whatsoever. Yep, because then you can't do it wrong. So many people for the job that we uh, that we do that that I hire for, um, they feel like they're going to be executing marketing campaigns, or that's what they want to do. Ah, uh, yeah. We in our position do none of that. It is possible mm-hmm. for them to get to that point in the company or that sort of role in the company, but what you're applying for with us, that's not it. Anyways. I have a real similar little tangent that I want to throw out there. And I may have mentioned this before. When I used to hire at the track, I hired a seasonal department. Mm -hmm. And I would often get people who, you know, were interested in the track, weren't particularly interested in guest services, if they were being honest with themselves and with me. um, And realistically, were constantly asking about the full-time nature because it was a seasonal position and they wanted full-time and I would tell them the only full-time position in this department is mine. And they'd be like, oh, great. And I'd be like, no. (laughs) Because if you really want it that bad, I'm probably not going to hire you because you're going to come after it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that was, I think, a little bit of not getting what you think you're getting. It's probably a similar vein. And I don't know if that's, you know, uh, companies not articulating the job description well enough or people not Mm -hmm. reading the job description well enough. I think it's both oftentimes. Yeah. Um, I think you can have a beautiful listing out there and it doesn't always matter. And I've been somebody who's mass emailed resumes before and who doesn't read real carefully and who looks more at titles. I don't do that so much now. Um, but even in my last job search, when I was being more um, curating my my choices a lot more, I had several interviews, phone interviews that ended up being very sales-based that I don't think seemed sales-based at Hmm. all. Um, But, and it might've just been my ignorance to what they were saying in their postings or their postings were bad because it's hard for me to tell. Hmm. Um, But my current role is as a customer success manager 
which is typically a more sales oriented role. And I don't really do sales. I'm a tech support person. So anyway, we've gone way off. (laughs) Let's talk about Ryan Poles. Yeah, I was going to say. At least I didn't call him Ryan Pace. (laughs) We're we're winning. We're going to have to put a dollar in the jar every time one of us does that. I feel like, yeah, like the swear jar, it's (laughs) the Pace jar. Um, (laughs) I like that. Um, So I I have good news uh, for you and for Bears fans. Um, Mm. Now, th- this uh, news broke right towards the end of my work day, which is at 4 o'clock. And uh, then I had to go to a basketball game, so I haven't been able to immerse myself in the news yet. But in my commute from uh, the basketball game to Ann's house tonight, I was listening to uh, one of the sports radio stations here in town, and the guy on the air was saying that one of the stipulations of Ryan Poles uh, agreeing to become the GM of the Bears was that he alone was going to interview and hire the head coach. Oh. So, what does that I mean? I love a good negotiator. <laughs> it, I like it. it good could for mean, him. It could mean by the time that this airs, although I, I'm going to work pretty hard to get this out tomorrow um, so that the podcast isn't entirely untimely because I Let's would... Let's make it relevant, Brady. Come <laughs> on. I, I can almost guarantee that by the next time we record, the Bears will have a new head coach. Um Anyways, um, so yeah, I think they're going to move pretty quickly to to hire a head coach. Uh, there's already been news about Dan Quinn, the former Falcons head coach, interviewing again tomorrow. Uh, this guy from the Colts, Matt Eberflus, I think is how you say his, his name, interviewing again name tomorrow. Name Quinn is a lot easier to pronounce. It really is, yes. So, I mean, realistically, if we're going for that. I'm... I mean, wouldn't you just shorten it to Coach Ebes? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Coach E, coach for e? that matter. Yeah. But it's going to be tough for me to talk intelligently about this guy <laughs> if I can't actually pronounce his name. And I like to not sound like a complete idiot, we'll, so we'll come Quinn's up, a great name. Yeah, we'll, we'll come up with some nickname for Eberflus if he, uh, if he uh, is the I'll one who, uh, who gets hired. And, and Jim Caldwell, too, is a name that uh, uh, mm-hmm. is, is still relevant with the Bears' search. It, it seems like uh, Brian Dable, who's the offensive coordinator for the Bills, who just were knocked out of the playoffs, yep. he – seems to be connected to the New York football giants, not so much the Chicago bears. He might be, he might be the, the number one choice overall for anybody, but mm-hmm. seems like he's not going to be the one here in Chicago. So um, another interesting fact about Ryan Poles, he was an undrafted free agent signed by the bears in <gasps> 2006 or seven. I think it was. So oh, wow. um, I don't know if he played much with the team at all, maybe just a, a preseason guy and, and got cut, but he does have some history with the Chicago Bears. So That's interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. What worries me a little bit, and again, I haven't you know fully immersed myself in this hire yet, but mm-hmm. Ryan Pace and Ryan Poles come from the same sort of professional football background, at least the jobs they've done. Say more about that. So when Ryan Pace came over he had been like the I forget exactly what it was and um, I could look it up real quick but like the director of pro personnel or director of uh, scouting or something to do with player personnel and scouting and you know we thought we were getting this talent evaluator and that ended up to kind of only sort of be the case right okay because he Mm -hmm. he would miss at the top of the draft but some of his later round picks are really good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ryan Poles has some similar job titles in his history with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, was he or was he not fairly instrumental in the hiring of uh, Patrick Mahomes? 
the dra- uh, the drafting of Patrick Mahomes? Yes. Sorry. Um, that's a good question. I would imagine he had quite a hand in it. Um, yeah. You know, especially after the Bears passed on him. Um, and then, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you know, drafting pieces and, and going after pieces to put around him. So, um, you know, both Ryan Pace, who came from the Saints during their uh, the height of their run as as you know among the NFC's elite with Drew Brees. Uh, mm-hmm. Big news out of New Orleans today too. We can touch on a little bit later as well. I don't know if you saw that Sean Payton stepped away from the the Saints. I'll be very clear that I saw that because it was I felt very much the front news and I understand why, but I know my father-in-law at least was complaining about the fact that he wanted to know more about, <laughs> about polls and it was just Peyton on, right, the, yeah. on the TV. Right, yeah. <laughs> so well, there's that. <laughs> I, he, he's got, he's got a little more cachet, I think. In the Maybe league. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, Ryan Pace came from the saints when they were in their, the, the heyday of their run uh, through the NFC. And now Ryan Poles comes over, for, uh, comes over from the Chiefs when they're right in the middle of their championship window. So it'll be interesting to okay. see, you know, how those seemingly parallel backgrounds, mm-hmm. how Ryan Poles is going to differentiate himself. And I thought about this today, too, and, and a little bit yesterday. Um, the Bears GM job probably wasn't as immediately attractive because of the lack of draft capital the Bears have in this draft. I mean, I would think so. Although, here's the flip side. Can't blame him. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, sometimes going into total dysfunction is a (laughs) great thing. Sure. Because you're like, hey, this is wonderful. This is total crap. If I can even make a slight improvement, I'm winning. Yeah, the bar is very low. It may not have been attractive on certain levels. And if you're looking for like the best possible thing that can happen that you can do and I want the dream team. Yeah, probably not attractive. But if you're talking about like, hey, I want to find somewhere I'm going to settle in and I'm going to be able to create something and not have to make a big splash year one. Yeah. Find the team that fucked you over (laughs) for that ability. Like you can't be blamed for having a bad first year given the state of the draft picks. Right, right. It's not 100% right. We're like, we're going to blame people anyway. That's what what football fans do. But I do think that there's something to be said for that idea of like, yeah, it may not be 100% ideal, but it may be perfect for him at the same time. Sure. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's such a knee jerk thing to, you know, react to this Mm -hmm. news that the bears have hired a general manager and he hasn't even, I mean, I think he signed a contract maybe 20 minutes ago. Uh, The bears finally made it official. um, While I was on my way here, they sent out a tweet. Okay. Confirming that they've hired Ryan Poles. So they probably had to wait till the, the T's were crossed and the I's were dotted. Um, The ink was, the ink was dry. Maybe a little tiny bit dry. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, Maybe not all the way, but like close. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, you know, hopefully by next week we can talk a lot more about what we've heard from Ryan Poles and quite potentially a new head coach. Um, I would assume they would have a joint press conference or separate press conferences, but there will be no doubt a lot to digest uh, coming from the new Bears leadership. Um, we're going to get back to sports oh, a little too. bit later. Let me run down this agenda. Uh, because there, we didn't think there was going to be a whole lot to talk about, but when I thought about it, 
There actually mm -hmm. is a lot. We've pushed the Olympics. Sort we, of. we have pushed the Olympics. This they is going to be a very in-depth Olympics, and and we're not we're we've got stuff to talk about. We do have stuff to talk about. Um, okay, so we'll we'll do some this week in history, and then we'll get back to sports. Here's the rundown. Uh, <laughs> I texted this to you earlier, so I'll, I'll read yeah. it off for uh, for our listeners. NFL playoffs, epic weekend. Grayson Allen is a dick. Baseball Hall of Fame announcement today. Congrats, David Ortiz. And the Pegasus World Cup, uh, which is a big race in the world of horse racing. So um, we'll get to that right after This Week in History. And This Week in History, I, um, I went backwards, backwards because somehow I missed a pretty epic oh, event okay. um, from the 24th, which was yesterday in our recording time. Um, so I think I was, I, I don't know, distracted perhaps. Um, by Winston Churchill's death. Um, but there was something even more groundbreaking than that. Okay. Um, and I'm being slightly facetious, perhaps you can tell. Um, <laughs> January 24th, 1935. I'm not going to make you guess this because that's ridiculous. But the first canned beer went on sale. And somehow I missed it. And I wanted <laughs> to just take a moment and apologize to the beer community Guys, we came back and did it. January 24th, 1935, uh, in partnership with the American Can Company, the Gottfried Kruger Brewing Company delivered 2,000 cans of Kruger's Finest Beer and Kruger's Cream Ale to drinkers in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. I was going to ask what style. Also, 91% of them apparently approved it, but I don't know. Huh. What'd you say? I said I was going to ask what style if it, uh, if it gave a style. Um, well, you said yeah, cream, cream ale. ale, yeah. Cream ale, but I don't know what the finest beer was, what so, style that was. I don't think there were a lot of styles in 1935 in American beer. It was I just think kinda, styles are a hipster thing, yeah. personally. Well, and like India pale ales, right, IPAs existed, just not really in the American beer culture. I think I could be way off here, but um, in, the, in the 30s, right, mm -hmm. the American beer was probably lagers and lagers and lagers and apparently this cream ale. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I'm I'm assuming a lot of that and a lot of whiskey was what was being oh, yeah. drunk. Right? Those are the two. Lagers and whiskey were the well, two and, staples. And in, in I forget when Prohibition ended, but, I mean, that's that's not far after the end of Prohibition, right? It's a fair question. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Where is Owen when you need him? All right, right. God, this guy. Anyway, uh, last week we had done the 25th, so I guess I'll skip over today. Um, let me see. January 26th, and the year is 1788. Um, uh, colonialism, I colonialism. suppose, is the category. Um, would this be when Delaware was ratified as a state? No. Okay. It's not American colonialism. Oh. Um, not American colonialism. Um, did the British colonize Australia? Indeed. Wow, look at that. Look at you go. Is this, is this why we play the Australian ships. Open around this time? Oh, there you go. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's just because it's summer down there right now. I the, imagine, yes. Yeah, it's because it's the middle Open of winter here. Right it's now, the yeah. middle of summer there. Um, do you know the folks who first arrived in Australia? Not a clue. This? Ah, Indeed. Uh, they were convicts. Really? 
Did you not know this? Oh, no. this is fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think uh, the colony of Georgia and the colony of Australia were um, literally prison states. Huh. They were they were basically set up for convicts and actually um, pretty much for a long time, that was something that um, a lot of places, not just, not just Great Britain, but a lot of places would do is if, if you had a debt or you had something or you were being held somewhere and then you were other options that you would get sent to quote the Americas or sent to the colonies. And that was, that was the thing that they did with a lot of prisoners. Hmm. So that was actually not unusual. Um, but yes, that was in the 1700s. Now we skip forward to 1945, January 27th, 1945, World War II, I suppose would be our, our category. Um, and the, I decided not to do something super depressing. So I'll give you that. It's, it's not depressing. Not depressing. 1945, middle of January. Um, couldn't have been VJ day. Nope. No, that was later. Wasn't okay. It? Um, they were both later in the year. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Auschwitz was lib- was liberated. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So jo- somewhat joyous. I I, I don't want to use the term joyous, um, but certainly an improvement. Um, yeah. Although I've actually read several articles. I'm going to go dark and twisty because apparently that's all I can do. Um, <laughs> I've read some articles about the liberation of the camps and the way that um, folks who had been prisoners at the camps were treated and that it was not necessarily this great, amazing event that we kind of all hope it would be. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. Um, but that being said, um, the, uh, the camp was officially liberated. 27th of January, 1945. So I tried to be happy there and it just, I just went right downhill because apparently I don't know <laughs> how to do yeah. January 28th, 1986, space. Uh, Challenger disaster? Mm-hmm. Yep. I wasn't going to pass this one up because I feel like it's important. Yeah, it is. Um, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's sad, but it's important. Um, and for any of our listeners who don't know, because technically this happened before we were born, um, the space shuttle was basically uh, carrying kind of historically um, a woman who was on her way to becoming the first ordinary U.S. civilian. She was a high school social studies teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, Krista McAuliffe? I don't, McAuliffe? I don't know how to say her name. Yeah, maybe. I don't remember that being her name, honestly. So I have no reference for it. Um, but unfortunately, uh, that was uh, really a, a dark mark for, for NASA. Um, and I want to say in a lot of ways, that was kind of the end of our confidence in some of the space travel. I, I mean, yeah, realistically, that's, um... I know that there are a lot of other missions that have gone up, but um, that was a big turning point, I think. Um, I think the Hubble was uh, sent up in the late 80s, probably after this. Um, and I want to say there was another shuttle that crashed in early 2000s. Do you remember this? Yeah, 2003 rings a bell. Okay, uh, hold on. Let's see if I can find it. Ah, the Columbia. The Columbia, that's right. Yeah. February 1st, 2003. Ah, Good job, okay. Brady. 
<laughs> Second space shuttle disaster rocked the United States when the Columbia disintegrated upon reentry of the Earth's atmosphere and all on board were killed. So. Yeah, I mean, it, I know it's like Hollywood and a dramatization, but you watch Apollo 13, mm -hmm. and this was back in the 60s, 70s. Had to be, uh, yeah, Apollo 11 was, what, 1969? Um, so Apollo 13 in the early 70s, and they have that disaster happen in space, and then no idea how to get them home. I mean, I again, I know it's Hollywood. Terrifying. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just a lot. And the scientists it, yeah. on the ground have to MacGyver a solution to get them back to Earth. I had one of the coolest ever um, moments in my elementary. Although I loved elementary school, there were a lot of cool moments. But um, we did some sort of project where we basically watched that scene where they take all the stuff that's on board yeah. the space shuttle and they tell all the guys on the ground, like, you have this, now figure it out. And then we were given certain pieces and said, like, here's your problem. You have to do what they did and figure yeah. it out. I thought it was so cool. Gary's like, props to Ms. Roth, my third <laughs> and fourth grade teacher. She was the bomb. I wish uh, Gary Sinise and Tom Hanks would have done more movies together. I love Gary Sinise. Forrest Gump, mm. Apollo 13. Although they weren't mm. together very much in Apollo 13. They weren't. No, there was definitely more of a bond in Forrest Gump. Yeah. And it was so fun to watch. And yeah, it was yeah. well done and, and great. So maybe maybe we shouldn't mess with the good things, Brittany. <laughs> right, yeah. Maybe we should let those be. Um, January 29th, 1936, sports. Uh, and it's somewhat topical. Well, it couldn't have been Summer Olympics related because it's the middle of winter. 1936 is the year uh, Jesse... Maybe they started the torch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 1936 Sorry. is the year that Jesse Owens uh, went to Germany and competed in the Olympics. That's That was a big deal. Um, let's see. 19... That's not what this is. No, I, I, I didn't think so, because he was track and field. Um, no. Is it Olympics related? Uh, no. No, it is, uh, it is America's favorite sport related. Baseball related. Um, First Hall of Fame class announced, Babe Ruth and, Correct. yeah, there you go. Let me see. Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, uh, Christy Mathewson, and mm -hmm. Walter Johnson. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Honus Wagner. Uh, Hall of Fame actually had its beginnings in 1935 when plans were made to build a museum. Uh, and then, of course, the Cooperstown location, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. So pretty cool, and yeah, that was the first class, so to speak. We'll talk more. I've got about thoughts the on Hall of Fame. Later. I've got thoughts on Hall of Fame in general. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, I look forward to that. Um, we have uh, there's really, really, really nothing good that happened on January thirtieth, except no, except I got nothing. Oh, whose birthday? Karen. Oh, my God. Don't tell her I said that. Do not let her listen to this, except Karen. Apparently, FDR was also born that date, but oh, okay. everybody else just died. Well, um, happy so, birthday, Karen. Yeah. So, happy birthday, Karen. We won't say what year. Um, but I'm just going to run through the highlights of January 30th. Okay. So, you can have an idea of how hard this was. Yeah, Ma, maybe fast forward a couple minutes. <laughs> 1948, Gandhi was assassinated. Um, 1956, Martin Luther King Jr.'s home was bombed. 
1649, King Charles I was executed for treason. 1972 was dubbed Bloody Sunday in Northern Ireland. Um, FDR was born, highlight along with Karen. We'll, we'll give you guys that much. Uh, Andrew Jackson narrowly escaped assassination, which I actually think is a bad thing because he was a piece. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whoops. Uh, Tet Offensive shakes Cold War confidence. Uh, that was 1968. Apologies for forgetting the year. Okay. In 1933, my very, very favorite, Adolf Hitler is named Chancellor of Germany. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> Your birthday sucks. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, right? that's, a, that's a rough one. Yikes. Also, like, the Mazda car company was founded, but, like, yeah. come on. You cannot pull it out of that hole. There's no way. Yeah. Um, I will say... I learned a little more about Gandhi than I knew before, um, particularly that his roots in protest and in um, civil disobedience, so to speak, and in um, activism uh, actually took place in South Africa, hmm. where he had taken a one-year contract um, to, uh, I think he studied law, and then he was there with legal work, it says. So I don't know if he was a lawyer or what he was doing but he um, experienced pronounced racism against Indian men um, and was basically like, no, I'm not going to do this. So he actually was spent years in South Africa hmm. fighting before returning to India and fighting there for independence. And, and it was just, I didn't know that. So I'll share that with our viewers. Interesting. Listeners. Um, and if they want to learn more, all my stuff comes from history.com. It's the history channel. You can always go on there. Um, and the only time I go elsewhere, not for this day in history, but sometimes I'll do Wikipedia or a more notable source if I really want to give Owen shit. <laughs> um, we're going to just round this guy off with, actually, no, you know what? I think we're going to end on that note. <laughs> I don't really think there's anywhere to go uh, from there. Um, the 31st was not really great, um, but it was definitely not the shit show that the 30th was so <laughs> fair enough fair enough yeah all right well in that case um let's get back to sports um mm -hmm. so we mentioned off the top that the bears have a new general manager and uh ryan poles is his name we'll see who he ends up hiring as a head coach uh the goal is to get back to the playoffs obviously and be a participant in the most epic weekend of football that we have ever seen. Just incredible football. Oh my God. Um, uh -huh. Starting on Saturday with, what was it, Bengals and uh, I'm already drawing a blank because it feels like a week ago. Um, Bills. No, it was Chiefs and Bills. No, I'm sorry, Chiefs and Bills. Oh my God, I feel so stupid. <laughs> Looking this up real quick. No, who did they play? Wasn't the Packers? No. Wasn't the 49ers? No. Was, who? Oh my God, Brady, who did they play? <laughs> oh man. Uh, it was the Tennessee Titans. Oh, and thank the, you. The Titans and I were... had a call with a guy from Tennessee today. <laughs> and that was fun because he was like, Yeah, well, I'm a, you know, someone said, Are You a Titans fan? He goes, Yeah, it sucks to be us. And I was like, Yeah, we're Bears fans. He's like, Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah, it does. It feels like it was forever ago. I can't believe we blanked on that, but it feels like a long time ago. So, so. Bengals 19, Titans 16, Derrick Henry back from injury. No matter. The Bengals, a lot of fun to watch. That This AFC Championship game coming up on Sunday is going to be so much fun to watch. Joe Burrow against Patty Mahomes. Uh, it's, and it's a rematch, too, of earlier in the season. Um, that so, I did not realize. Yeah, and what and happened earlier in the season. It was a shootout, and I believe it was a, a real close game. So, okay. you know, hopefully hey. hopefully more the same. Sometimes it works out where the second time around it's it's a little bit more of a dud because they've, you know, figured each other out a little bit more, and, and the defense has caught up to the offense. But we'll see. Where are they playing? Uh, it'd be in, in, in Kansas City, yeah. Do you know? What's that? Okay. Yeah, Kansas I said, City. do you know where they're playing? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, KC. Um, yeah, I'm um I'm interested because we and we've talked a little bit about this before. Um, but these games have the advantage and disadvantage of still being at a home field. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas the Super Bowl is typically not. Right. Um Although, and for the second I, straight I year we could have a- that uh, a home game for the Super What's Bowl. What's that? We said we could have a, a home oh, yeah. game for the second straight year. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's not designed that way. Correct. Let's put it that way, right? Correct. I mean, it's yeah. it's designed in a different way. And I've heard people talking about why that sometimes, you know, makes the Super Bowl not as good um, and why why you can enjoy those earlier rounds where there's excitement and tension and things going on that you would get in a Super Bowl, maybe, depending. Right. But also that crowd working. And, mm-hmm. and I think that I, I felt it when I watched the games this weekend. I don't know if you did, but. Yeah, um, absolutely. Certainly there were some games where you were just like, whoa. And I saw so many people crying. <laughs> so many people crying. Happy and tears or sad the, tears? In the stands. Both. Like, <laughs> honestly, we watched, I think, all the games. Maybe, maybe you know, more of some and, and less of others. But, like, there were people, like, sobbing a lot. And I just, <laughs> it's like, I don't get it. I've not been in that position. So maybe I, you just need to be there. But, yeah, there were a lot of people crying. And I don't, I just think that that's something that you get at this level that you, you sort of miss out on for Super Bowl. And also, the price of tickets. Oh, the yeah. Super Bowl. You know, you're looking at a crowd that's not going to be the probably normal football crowd that you're going to see. So even if playoff tickets are expensive and they are I'm not saying that they're not, um, there's an affordability factor there that you, you get more of your actual fan base there than you certainly do at like a Super Bowl. Let so. me take a, a quick look at the secondary ticket market right now. I'm going to open up Ooh. StubHub on my phone. Ooh, and look I like at that. Kansas City um, Chiefs. I, I'm gonna let you do that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a little bit uh, as well about uh, the Packers because oh yeah, my my father is a Packers fan. We've covered that. My brother-in-law is a Packers fan um, because they played the 49ers. Um, Brian was able to, I think, hedge his bets, <laughs> his personal bets, um, his personal loyalty bets, um, because of course Jimmy. Um, Garoppolo is playing for the 49ers, and so he was not rooting for the Packers. He was rooting for Jimmy, but I think if the Packers had won, he would say he was rooting. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I digress. Um, that game, 
was I thought hard to watch. It was frankly. boring. It was yeah. boring. Like yeah. we we were we were at the bar. Uh, we met some softball friends out um, for that game specifically. And okay, um, yeah, like obviously when you're at the bar, I don't always love watching games at bars. Um, now, granted, none of my teams were playing in this game, so I was able to enjoy the experience more. Um, but when one of my teams is playing, I don't love going to the bar to watch it, um, unless everybody's there to watch the game. Yeah. Right. And it, was that the case when you went out the other night or no? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the, the intention behind the get together was to watch football. Um, but where they ended up seating. Oh, us I thought you the... meant like everybody in the bar. Oh, you're just talking about everybody in your group is right. there to watch. Um, okay. it, was a, it was a sports bar. So yeah, all the TVs were on except maybe a couple, uh, for, for football. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a boring game. It was hard to get into because, um, you know, it was snowing. The weather was playing a major factor and neither, oh my God, neither, that looked miserable. neither offense could really do anything. So, you know, those. You know, it, it ends up being 13 to 10 is the final score. And, you know, we've gotten a lot of that as Bears fans. And yeah. if we know anything about boring football, it's it's the 13 to 10 final score. Um, you know, with the Packers offense, what it can be. Um, and with the Niners, um, you know, not not necessarily the same offense, but, you know, they could put some points up. They got some weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy G's not on the level of an Aaron Rodgers. But um, Aaron Rodgers now, what is it, 0-4 against the Niners? Mm-hmm. in the playoffs and uh Robbie Gold <gasps> continues oh to do it. Oh my god. I got to tell you. This sounds weird. Just love watching him. <laughs> it sounds kind of pervy. But like there is something about the way that he looks when he kicks the ball that I think is so beautiful. <laughs> and like I generally think that about kickers in football like yeah. I like the way that their bodies move. And I don't know if it's just because I've watched Robbie Gold for so many years that like He's sort of the gold standard for me. Uh, Uh, See what I did there? Mom joke. (laughs) Um, But I I don't know. It was so, like, not heartwarming, but it was so, like, good for me to be able to see him. Yeah. Because, I I mean, I've caught him, obviously, in games since he left the Bears, but, like, not a ton. And as he was warming up on the sidelines for the end, I was like, God, it's so familiar. It's so comforting i love seeing it and then (laughs) damn if he didn't do it well yep i mean no surprise to those who watch um those of us who watched him for so many years but yeah i just i love watching him and like i said it could be just because i've grown so used to it sure he's kind of the one i watched but yeah that game in general just it just it just didn't do it for me and you know then i also had to listen to my dad talk about it after (laughs) the fact Uh, before we move on to Sunday's games, do you want to take a guess at uh, I've got the AFC Championship game pulled up okay, and the Super Bowl as well. So the cheapest ticket to get into AFC Championship right now, take a guess. 750 No, it's only 470 I say Okay. Only. I was thinking probably more Super Bowl prices and thinking. Okay, it's for what now? 470 470 Okay. Cheapest ticket okay. to get into Arrowhead Stadium. Okay. And how about the Super Bowl? Take a guess. 750 Higher. 1000 Way higher. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Really? Cheapest ticket right now is $6,800 to get into SoFi what? Stadium. What? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. 
See, this is why you're not going to see the normal fan base. Who can can pay for that? <laughs> right. And travel. And travel, right, to get to Los no Angeles. Can pay yeah. for that? Are you kidding me? Yeah, and, it's and lodging. Even, I mean, can you imagine? Not what a ho- cheap market. Can Jesus. you imagine what hotels in Los Angeles are charging? And that is not a cheap market to begin with. Right. So then, yeah, bump that shit up. Holy cow. Yeah. No, thank you. Right. Well, I'm sure a lot of Hollywooders will be there. But oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm curious how many of those tickets get comped because one thing of working at the track, I don't think it's, like, alone in this at, by any means, um, but, like, the track, you just, you saw how many tickets get comped and how mm-hmm. many things go to people at discount and how many this and that. And, and I know that that happens at kind of legitimate stadiums in places. I'm, like, I'm yeah. so curious I bet like a lot many? of it is corporate money. Oh, and, right. And not I necessarily mean, comps, just corporate money. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And that's, yeah, that's interesting. And I, I mean, I'm curious, like, does your family pay to go if you're playing in the Super Bowl? Like, how many tickets do you get for your family to be there? Is that's it a just, good, That's a good question. Like, the team is it allotment? Just two, is it five? Is it if you're somebody really more famous, right? You're the QB, you get 20, but if you're... Right. The kicker, you get three. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> right. fascinated to know that. I'm sure right. there's no way to really know unless you have an insight. I bet site, we could Google it real quick. Um, but let's move try. on to Sunday's games. Um, mm. So first up, Rams and Buccaneers. This one, I mean, we could say it's an instant classic, but then we get the Sunday night game on top of that. Uh, yes. Matt, <laughs> Matt Stafford and the Rams get off to – a great start. What is it? They yep. were up 27 to 6, I think it was. Maybe even 27 to 3. I think it was 27 to 3 at one point. And then we get no, shades. 20, yeah. We get shades of the Super Bowl when Tom Brady came back against the Falcons at 28 to 3. I, I want to be clear though. I feel like the Rams were giving that away as opposed to it being Tom Brady's brilliant so you were you're saying that the rams played too conservatively and you know we're just trying to run the clock out uh, yeah that I happens think, a lot yeah especially yeah, in football I'm sure right mm-hmm. um because you can play these prevent defenses and you can yep. you know try to use the running game to shorten the game and yeah and sometimes it comes back to bite you and and tom brady came all the way back uh-huh all the way back Amazingly. Uh-huh. I mean, of course it's Tom Brady. But then Matt Stafford in just a few plays gets them in field goal range mm-hmm. and uh they, they get it done. Their kicker was injured. He came up short. No. He came up short on a forty seven yard field goal earlier in the yes. fourth quarter to try to yes, make it yes, a three score yes. game. And was I, it I watched because he was injured? Yeah. Um I guess something happened in pregame. Okay. And so he's injured, and he came up short on that 47-yard kick. And I was like, NFL kickers don't come up short on 47 yards. Kevin made a big deal about that. And I, at the time, was like, we've seen, like, 47's not something to sniff at, right? And his whole point was, yeah, you can can miss. Right. But to come short. Yes. He'd never seen it before. The kick was right on line. The kick was right on line. Um, it was just short and probably his injury, whatever it was, had something to do with it. So the Rams, Rams okay. got much closer for that game winning attempt and he, yes. he knocked it through. Yes. So we weren't sure we'd get anything better than that. And no, then we moved to Sunday night, Chiefs and what? Bills, save the best for last. Holy shit. The yeah. last 
five minutes of that game plus overtime. Um, just incredible football, incredible theater. Yeah. Uh, two of the best quarterbacks in the game. The Bills had been thought to be a Super Bowl contender when the season started. Um, had a little bit, little bit of a dip in the middle of the season and, you know, ultimately go toe-to-toe with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we, I mean, the Super Bowl winner may very well have come out of that game. Um, I mean, that was a hell of a game. Yeah, oh, my and God. One thing, you know, I, I mentioned this last week about the Bulls and the kids at home, my kids. Um, we were, it was close to bedtime, right, as regulation was coming to an end. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it ended up being past bedtime. Um, but Kevin had some money on this game. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, he did. Uh, it made it more fun and also more nerve-wracking. Um, a parlay, I believe, that included, I think it was for all four games, as a matter of fact. Yeah, all four games on the money line. Yep, exactly. Um, and so, you know, the Rams had given him a bit to be concerned about. Um, and then he did have the Chiefs. And, God, the last five minutes – we were uh, a decent amount of money on the line. That's a that roller point. coaster ride. Yeah, it was kind of kind of crazy. And I said, if you can't have some skin in the game from a, a fan perspective, you may as well have some skin in the game on the money. Yeah, that's, um, that's why gambling the boys, is fun. <laughs> yeah, but our you know the boys were helping to cheer. Yeah, you know we told them you want you want the red team. We want this. We want that. And. They kind of go off of what Kevin was doing. So as Kevin cheered, they were like, yeah. And it was <laughs> it was really something. Like, it's just a whole new level of enjoyment and, yeah. and whatnot. And part of it is because I'm a not fun wife, and I want <laughs> my husband to grow up and not be as excited about it at some point. So it's refreshing to me <laughs> when my kids are excited because I'm like, this is appropriate. Yeah. Um, just because I'm kind of a douchey wife. But... <laughs> Um, it was really a lot of fun and I'm just curious, did you watch like intently Were you, or were you just sort of, did it, was it on the background for you? Um, we were just starting to, uh, uh, boot up call of duty as that game was coming <laughs> to an end. So Naturally. we knew Kevin was, was coming to, uh, to play with us and we we're like, okay, we can run a couple games. He's going to be tied up in this chiefs game for a while. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was on in the background and, um, my TV, because I was streaming, and then Zach Tagera, he was ahead of, of my TV by probably 30 oh, seconds no. or so. So he was, he was giving play-by-play. <laughs> and then when the Bills scored to go ahead ultimately by three with 13 seconds left, I mean, that's almost a death sentence. Yeah. But the Chiefs had timeouts left. That's the key. Uh. And they were able to use the middle of the field because they had a couple of timeouts to be able to stop the clock. And they have one of the best kickers in the league in Harrison Bucker. So, I mean, all he needed was two or three plays with those timeouts. And they got into field goal range. And, um, you know, every time something, uh, a playoff game ends like this with a walk-off touchdown on the first drive, the NFL's overtime rules are going to, you know, mm. sort of bump. Be questioned. Yeah, they're going to bump back to the top. Mm. And when they made this change, I was against it. I'm still against it. It mm. makes for incredible drama. But I think the overtime rules need to be tweaked a little bit. I'm not so much to up clarify, in clarify, for anyone who's not familiar, yeah. a couple of years ago, three seasons ago? Oh, this is more than that now. It's got to be oh, seven or eight really? seasons now, yeah. 
So if uh, if field goals are made, then the other team will get the ball back. So, but if it is a, in fact, a touchdown, that's it. Yeah. So previously, no of, yeah. right. So previously, it was sudden death, no matter what. So if you got the opening kickoff, you sprung a, a long return and, and returned it to the opponent's twenty yard line. Literally, all you had to do was run one play, kick a field goal, and end it. That was yep. it. So now they put the caveat in where, okay, if you score a touchdown, that's good enough. We can end it. But if you only get a field goal, then the other team will get a chance. I hate it. I absolutely Wh- hate it. Why? It feels forced to me. Um, I love college overtime. Love it. Just like the shootout in hockey. I love the shootout in hockey. It's and kitschy that's where and it's both teams get possession. Exactly. Like and a right. and a chance to answer regardless. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah. Do you remember in Michigan, uh, we were watching Illinois and Penn State football? Have I been to Michigan before? Oh yes. Yes indeed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't I wasn't thinking about that. Yes. New Buffalo. Yes. I recall. We were I've been we there were, several times. Yeah, we yeah. were at the house in New Buffalo and we were watching Got it. Illinois and Penn State football, and they were in their, I think it was nine overtimes, because after, sure. after a, I think it's after the third overtime, you just go for two until someone, okay. yeah. you know, loses, basically. Yeah. To me, I just get bored. <laughs> um, well, it, I'm, it rarely goes to that level that level but i know i've seen enough games with the back and forth where like yeah. honestly i pr- i sort of prefer sudden death yeah um yeah but that that comes again from my like just i'm the the reasons that you love the olympics are probably the reasons i don't the reasons yeah. that you love certain sports are the reasons that i don't i sure. mean it's just a totally different perspective and i can fully appreciate that yours is probably better <laughs> 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 certainly more um fan ish yeah um and so that yeah by the way i just want to clarify for our listeners that i'm not an idiot but when you <laughs> said do you remember when we were at michigan i thought you said at michigan oh, and i thought you meant and i was like, like ann arbor yes and i was like have i been there before so i'm not a complete idiot it took me a minute to realize you meant the state and yeah. not in fact yeah. the university right. so my bad everybody. um so Sorry. this weekend coming up on sunday we've got uh, Rams and Niners, and then we've got mm-hmm. Chiefs and Bengals. Bengals. I'm gonna pick Chiefs, and I'm gonna pick Rams. The Rams are rolling right now. I think. I think they're. So gonna... I believe Kevin had uh, actually tried to put money on a Chiefs 49ers. Oh, okay. Um, or maybe it was the opposite. Maybe it was Bengals Rams. I don't know. He had a he had two of these teams um, in his Super Bowl bet, and they wouldn't let him make it. Oh, that's weird. So I'm I'm hoping that the opposite of his bet happens because <laughs> I don't need him complaining about how he wasn't able to make the bet he wanted to make. Fair enough. And I hate to say this because I hate to give him any credit whatsoever, um, but he he did say it. Yeah. ages ago i remember at the beginning of the season he was trying to make a super bowl bet and it wouldn't go through and now it's like very close to <laughs> yeah. fruition yeah so um I, you know the selfish part of me i'm a really petty person is what i'm really <laughs> finding out through this podcast and um you really shouldn't be friends with me because my views on sports are just not nice i'm sorry Brady. <laughs> it's okay 
I'm over I bring it. the history, and I that wasn't even fun this week. So <laughs> <laughs> you're a good man. <laughs> um, okay, so that's the NFL playoffs. Um, on, uh, let's talk NBA. Yeah, on right? Friday night, Bulls and Bucks, and uh-huh. the Bulls end up losing this game, and they they end up losing a lot more than mm. the game because um, was it? It must have been in the third quarter, maybe I, I think it was when Alex Caruso goes to the basket. And Grayson it was Allen. The fourth. Was it the fourth it was, quarter? It was quite toward the end of the game, I thought. Um, but maybe, maybe they were just still showing the recap. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they showed. Maybe the replay that's what I'm thinking times. of. But yeah, it right. was second half of the game. Um, yeah, Grayson Allen, peach that he is. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a good word for him. Really, really took it to um, Alex Caruso in a, a not, uh, just a, just a. Shitty foul. Um, yeah. And Crusoe was completely in the air, um, entirely airborne, which, you know, I have some thoughts on uh, safety for yourself, and maybe that's not the best thing to be doing. Um, but I, got, the I'm, air. I am a conser- <laughs> conservative non sport fan. fan. <laughs> um, and so, I, you know, to me, like Kevin will be like, yes, that's how you play. That's how you play hard, et cetera. I'm like, why would you do that to yourself and put yourself in that position? Sure. But the, the, Shot was totally cheap. Um, yep. It earned him an immediate technical. Um, Not even just a technical. That was uh, flagrant two in, in NBA speak. And, you're right. And an ejection. So um, not only was he ejected from the game, he gets a one-game suspension, which Bulls fans are probably, you know, right not to be up, up in arms over because the news came down on Saturday afternoon then that after Alex Caruso finished the game, he has a fractured wrist and will, yep. I think he had surgery yesterday and is expected like a to miss. Six to eight yeah. week recovery. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Billy Donovan had what I thought was, you know, a really appropriate response, which is, first of all, was very level yep. and very mm-hmm. pretty even keeled the it way was. that he does, which yeah. is what I, one of the things I like about him. Um, but it was just, this could have ended this guy's career. And also, Grace Nellen has a history of this. Yep. Mm-hmm. So those are my thoughts on it. And and then the following game without um, Alex and without, oh, who else was out? Uh, DeMar was out last night. Was that just the following game, though? Uh, well, that well that was Friday. So, yeah, maybe they, I, yeah. I know they, they played last night on Monday, and I know DeMar I, missed the game. Yeah, he was out resting, which right. makes sense um, because he's been covering – so many minutes and Levine was back. Um, Look at you. But, uh, yeah, I know. (laughs) Prepared this week. You're like, wow, this is what it's like to not have to carry the show entirely on my own. (laughs) Like, can't even cover your surprise, can you? (laughs) Delight and surprise. Um, But I I feel like there might have been a game in between. I think um, there was. Yeah, where Billy Donovan basically said, like, yeah, of course we felt the absence, but oh, it was it's our Orlando. They played Orlando. Yeah, yeah. And Orlando we was need bad. To play better. Yeah, and and so I thought um, that that was again very straightforward, very honest. Um, I like, like I said, I like Kim. But one of the things that I, you know, I've I've heard Grayson Allen's name before, obviously, and I've kind of watched, but um, didn't understand his reputation. I mean, we Googled YouTube's got like. Dozens of compilations of his yeah. cheap shots. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's and we watched some, and they are awful. Yep. And the commentators, I mean, primarily college level, because there was a lot of college video. You know, not mincing words. These guys are like, that was a cheap shot. Yeah. Um, more than I think you sometimes hear commentators say. I think like, you. I think, I think you. You do it once as a player, right? You take a little cheap shot. You do it once, and they'll give you a pass for it eventually because your emotions run high. Uh, you're playing an emotional game, especially at the college level. If you never do it again, well, forget about it. But Grayson Allen has multiple instances of when he was at Duke of just being a little bitch yeah. and, <laughs> and, and playing like that and taking those cheap shots. So, no, he does not get the benefit yeah. of the doubt. And... Um, I'm sure that was part of the NBA's, um, you know, whether they want to say they, you know, wouldn't take his college uh, transgressions into account uh, because that was college and this is the NBA. But, you know, subconsciously, it has to have factored in. Yeah, I can I can actually agree with that um, in in some ways. Right. Because you can't. Um, it's it's difficult you're not the governing body, right? So to speak of, of those actions, right. of what happened there. Um, so I get that and I can, I can kind of be okay with that. Um, but I agree with you in the sense of these guys are realistic and they're also, I think, concerned. Yeah. I think they're, they have the same concerns that Billy Donovan had and that um, a lot of other people have, which is this is not a joke. This is not just like poor sportsmanship. Right. This is a safety issue you have to take that seriously. Um, and I know following the game, um, there were the, I don't remember which show we were watching. The Bulls just after show. Yeah. Um, they were calling for like, I'd love to see a four to five to 10 game suspension, really make a statement. I and like, and what I heard on the radio but, too. But it was kind of interesting. Yeah. And I, I had heard on the radio from uh, a guy who watches the NBA a lot more than I do. Um, that flagrant two fouls with an ejection don't often come with a suspension. Um, mm, maybe part okay. of it is um, this happened so close to the end of the game that you know they felt like there was not a whole lot of penalty there other than the fact that he was off the floor for the last however many minutes of the game and they needed to add on some, some punishment there. Um, and I suppose there's some merit to that. But, um, you know, Alex Caruso being injured – and missing significant time, that probably factored mm -hmm. in as well. So um, that's true. You know, you'll every time something like this happens, you'll hear, "Oh, he should be suspended for the length of the injury." Well, that's just unrealistic. To, for the NBA yes. to suspend Grayson Allen for two months, unrealistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. I I agree. Um, I think um, I think there have to be penalties, and I think the more we are concerned about um, health and long longevity after the sport as mm -hmm. well. And I think the more that the, um, the sports tie into these people's livelihoods and all, like it's a different game than it used to be. And so in a lot of ways, the severity of some of these consequences, I think should and does rise. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a lot more. I mean, we used to, for example, hockey, part of the culture, 
is to beat the crap out of people. Um, and <laughs> right. I mean, that's and that's a that's a highlight for a lot of folks. And right? that's that's changing. It's a lot less common in the game today. Correct. Yeah. And I think that's appropriate. And I think to an extent, all of these other games used to be more violent. And uh, maybe violence not the right word, but checking is still in hockey. But fighting, I th which is what I think you're referring to, is is yes. much less common. Yeah, you're right. It was fighting for sure. Um, but I do think that all of these sports probably used to be more, maybe aggressive is a better term than violent, yeah. um, but they used to be. And I think that the governing bodies are taking into consideration a lot of these more. And I think especially in football with the concussion protocols. Yeah. Um, and, you know, is it horrible when somebody um, breaks a, an, a wrist and or you know tears an ACL? Of course. And would it be awful for a career-ending injury? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but short of like paralysis, concussions are really such a huge risk and consideration. And so it, it, it bolsters me to see that these are coming out as being things that are getting more attention and getting more yeah. punishment. There's, there's inherent risk when you sign up to play these sports. And, and basketball yep. is not thought of a traditional contact sport but no it very much true. is it very much is like yeah. right i if, even at the high school level right um mm -hmm. you know i get a front row seat and sometimes these kids take some hard charges you know they you, you get some of these fouls where kids up in the air and he gets undercut and he's going to hit the floor and it's going to be loud mm -hmm. and yeah injuries injuries happen injuries are are, are a part of all sports in, in you know, one way, shape, or form. It's just a matter of the mm -hmm. severity and, and how it looks on TE. So, um, you know, hopefully, mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, March 4th is, I, I think, the rematch or the next time the, the Bulls play the Bucks. So I know my TV will be tuned mm. in uh, on March 4th. Um, I wouldn't be surprised Small if Grayson Allen uh, is out for that game. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't either. Um, small side note, um, Ben who for our listeners is four and a half, um, said, Mom, who do we want to win, the Bulls or the Reindeer? The Reindeer. And I couldn't <laughs> stop laughing. That's amazing. And every time I looked and they were, you know, playing in Milwaukee, the buck is on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Every time I saw it, I just bust out laughing. It was <laughs> that's hilarious. Pretty good. That's I was, pretty good. I was, yeah, so that's a fun one for our listeners couple other items on the list that I wanted to get to here tonight. Um, sure, sure. This afternoon, evening, uh, we got news of the uh, very small Baseball Hall of Fame class for 2022. And mm -hmm. David Ortiz is your lone inductee into the Baseball Hall of Fame. That coming uh, down today. And he will be headed to Cooperstown this summer uh, to be enshrined yep. in Baseball's Hall of Fame. And... You know, looking at the ballot, there's still a lot of guys who are tied to the steroid era. Mm -hmm. And there's been, as there is every year around this time, so much discussion of the merits of someone like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and Alex Rodriguez, all who have had ties to performance-enhancing drugs. What I find interesting is that David Ortiz is someone who has ties to performance-enhancing drugs as well. He was named in the 2003, the Mitchell Report, right, which named a couple hundred, I think. Sammy Sosa was on that list. Um, you know, that's sort of where 
the cognizance of steroids in baseball really started to get serious. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's never been identified what he tested positive for. So, and he's a likable guy, right? He's this fun-loving guy, big guy, Boston, helped end the curse, yada, yada, yada. Um, And likable and, and hits all these home runs. So he gets into the Hall of Fame. So I'm curious, you know, what your thoughts on guys like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Alex Rodriguez, who have been caught with steroids. Although Barry Bonds is an interesting case that I, I don't, I don't want to dive into right now, but, you know, he's sort of the poster child for um, the effects of performance-enhancing drugs in baseball. Um, so, you know, you're someone who isn't as much of a baseball fan as I am, but, you know, I think you can have an opinion on the concept of cheaters in the Hall of Fame. It is tough for me because... There's not a specific criteria for the Hall of Fame, to my knowledge. No. Right. There's my not, understanding not is it requirements, is requirements, right? It's yeah, somewhat arbitrary, yeah. right? It's not like, hey, if you hit X number and X number and X number, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, so it's fairly subjective in my mind. Yep. Which to me says you can make any call you want because, you know, if you want to say that this guy's not going to make it because he brought scandal to the game versus he's not going to make it because he got caught with drugs. They're different things, right? There, to your point, there's a different level maybe, or, you know, different notoriety or a different, whatever that is. Um, To me, it's all arbitrary and subjective anyway. Yep. So I don't have a, I don't have an issue with it at its core because I don't it's not as though they're saying like, oh, you didn't, you did X and Y, but you, but because you did that while doing this, we're going to disqualify it. Um, They are saying it, but they're not at the same time, if you know what I mean. There's not like a, a number that you're hitting. Um, The other part of me, you know, it sucks and it just sort of makes, it makes the game not as much fun, but at the same time, like, it's the most fun sometimes when people are doing the things they're not supposed to do. So like, that's hard. I mean, who didn't love watching Lance Armstrong win and perform as many times as he did? It's what we found out later. Exactly. Exactly. And that I think is the case with most, most of these. I mean, it's not as though we know that they're doing it when it's happening because then it wouldn't be happening anymore. Um, and so it's, it's hard for me. I don't like the idea of, uh, my mother would immediately be like, no, if you cheat, you're done. Yeah. Um, that's, I'm not, and that's a lot of people's attitudes too is. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, again, I just don't care enough. Um, so to me, like, I'd like to see the hall of fame. I'd like to see the people who are in it, but like whether you voted in or voted out, I care more about who won the Oscar for <laughs> certain years. Like that's right. just more where my passion is. Right. And side note, we watched The Fugitive last night, uh-huh. and I still can't get my head around how Tommy Lee Jones won Best Supporting Actor Oscar <laughs> over Ray Fiennes in Schindler's List. And once you see it, you'll understand what I'm saying. Sure. I'm still holding a grudge about that, but I don't give a shit about the Hall of Fame. Is <laughs> really what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because to me, I can enjoy someone even when they're cheating. Sure. And so- that's not what a lot of people think. 
Do you remember? Probably not what you think. Do you remember this summer of night? No, I, I, th- I think that's fair. Um, oftentimes we don't find out these things until later. So mm-hmm. um, I think both can be true, right? You can enjoy it in the moment and then, you know, change your opinion later. Um, sure. Do you remember the summer of 1998? So, so, oh, Maguire. of course. Yeah. Of um, course. So. It was what made baseball fun again. Exactly. Right. Because they're still recovering from the 1994 strike. Um, and a lot of people had gone away from baseball and, um, here come these two guys who play in the same division. They play for arch rivals. They're both hitting home runs every day. It seems like, um, and Roger Maris's record was in play. Um, and it ended up being Mark McGuire to break it first. Um, but that brought a ton of attention to baseball. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of, um, validity to the uh the thought that baseball said no you guys go do your thing we're gonna turn the other way i think too what you're talking about brings up a good point you're talking about records Mm -hmm. i have a problem with it sure the reason i don't have a problem with it is because you're not talking about numbers you're talking about impact you're talking about personality to an extent right you're talking Mm -hmm. about all this criteria including intangibles that makes someone a hall of famer. Whereas if you're talking about, I broke a record, that is a black and white distinction to me. An asterisk is appropriate. So Barry Bonds breaking Hank Aaron's all time home run record of 714. That is to me a very different issue than being voted into the hall of fame. And that's, that's where I think I draw that line. Sure. I'm much more passionate about saying that like, you broke a record while you were cheating. Yeah. That to me is a problem. Yeah. Um, and I don't have that problem with the Hall of Fame. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, a lot of people will opine that the Hall of Fame is just a museum and um, that it should encapsulate the history of the sport and mm-hmm. in which the, the steroid era is very much a, a part of the history of baseball. Completely. And... Should it be uh, memorialized is the wrong word, but um, uh, preserved? Should that history be yeah. preserved? Um, yeah, I think so because momentous things happened during that era. Um, mm-hmm. Now your asterisk with the the, the home run records, especially um, mm-hmm. because that's that's what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about Sosa McGuire and the home run chase of '98. We're talking about Barry Bonds and breaking McGuire's single season home run record, and also Hank Aaron's career home run record. Um, Barry Bonds is probably one of, if not the best hitters we'll ever see. Oh yeah. I mean, you talk about a feared hitter. He would be walked intentionally with the bases loaded because one is less than four. Yes. (laughs) You know, I mean, that never happens. Crazy. Yes. And it's cool. It is cool. And it's fun. But it's not, necess- it's not necessarily fair. Right. Which is why, again, those records and even those games, right? Like, I take a different approach there. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're talking about a Hall of Fame, and I get it, it's a positive thing, and it's a, a, an accomplishment and a, a praise in a way. But, like, it just doesn't have that same impact to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mentioned I have thoughts on, on Hall of Fame in general. Indeed. Let's talk. So... With all of these Hall of Fames, and pro football is a little bit different because they limit the number of 
um, people who can get in every year. Mm-hmm. One of my uh, favorite radio hosts to listen to is, is Dan Patrick. Um, and he said a long time ago, and I actually really agree with this, that you should get one chance to be elected into the Hall of Fame. In order to, and if you don't make it, you don't make it. In order to preserve the prestige of the honor, because when you're first, I think in baseball, when you're first eligible for the Hall of Fame, which is five years after you retire, mm-hmm. you get ten years to be elected into the Hall of Fame. Do your qualifications change at all? No, you're either a Hall of Famer or you're not. Yeah, I agree with that. And one of the things that comes to mind is when Ron Santo finally got in the Hall of Fame, right? Ron Santo played for the Cubs for a long time. He's a great player, has great honors. Um, You know, the Cubs being as bad as they were through his career (laughs) probably didn't help matters. But Ron Santo is an all-time great third baseman. He was never uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame until immediately after he died. Yeah, like a lifetime achievement. Uh, well, right. not even. But and, yeah. and I thought it was the biggest slap in the face of the Santo family and the Cubs organization. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Um, that's, yeah, that's just sucky. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you on that. I'm also, I agree with you and, would you say it was Dan Patrick? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with the two of you there as well. You know, you, you your record isn't changing. Right. Your merits are there. Right. Um, you mentioned the subjectivity, in- like if, if I were to name, uh, a player to you and you should be able to say, yeah, hall of famer or nah, hall of very good. You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like Mark Burley was on the ballot this year. I, I didn't mm-hmm. see what percent he got, but you know, he's probably a guy, same with Paul Canerco, who is a hall of very good mm-hmm. and, and maybe not even a that. hall of famer is in my heart. But not oh, yeah, in of course. Town. Of course, yeah. White <laughs> White Sox legends. Um, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, All of very good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, now, pro football does it a little bit differently because, as I mentioned, they yeah. limit the number of people who can get in every year. Okay. Um, so to be a first ballot Hall of Famer is a pretty big honor, right? Mm-hmm. Tom Brady will be it. Uh, yeah. Peyton Manning, I believe. Uh, uh, was or I, he's in right I think he is um, you know there, there's certain guys who um, you know are just carry that that cachet right um, there's other yes class of 2021 okay yeah so he just went in um, mm-hmm. so yeah there's other guys who will be like no you got to wait your turn you're gonna get in but you got to wait your turn right yeah <laughs> so yeah. I, I think there's there's a merit to that, but again, right? You're either a Hall of Famer or you're not. If I'm going to be in the Hall of Fame, they just put me in the fucking Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm with you on it. Yeah. I, I agree there. Uh, speaking of the Football Hall of Fame, we're, we're going to find out in the next couple of weeks if Devin Hester is going to be in inducted into the Hall of Fame, and that's actually a pretty big deal. Not not just because he's you know a legendary Chicago Bear, but you know he's a, a kick returner. Uh-huh. I was going to say that that's got to be very unusual. Yes, it would be um probably the first guy who was primarily a kick returner to be inducted into Canton and it's because he changed the special teams game 
You know, teams really had to game plan around Devin Hester, and he still was able to do what he did. So hopefully he gets in. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a great honor, and uh, it'd be nice to have another Chicago Bear in the Hall of Fame. Um, so, yeah, that's um, my thoughts on, on Hall of Fame. I, I'm lukewarm on David Ortiz as a Hall of Famer. I know he, he hit 541 home runs and, you know, won those World Series titles with the, with the Red Sox. But, you know, if, if he's going to be roped in with uh, guys like Bonds and Clemens, and we may never know what, you know, he tested positive for or, or the, the full extent of the story. But, you know, there's, you know, a little bit of an asterisk there for me just because he was on that, that Mitchell report. And, you yeah. know, a great, great player, you know, over 500 homers is one of those, like, subjective metrics that you get to, right? It's yeah. 3,000 hits, 300 wins as a pitcher, 500 homers, right? Um, mm -hmm. 3,000 strikeouts, whatever, you know, whatever it is. Those are, those are sort of benchmark numbers, you know, um, unofficially. Um, so, yeah, you know, David Ortiz, you know, seems like a likable guy and, um, you know, played for the Red Sox in, in their heyday, so... It makes sense to me that he got in. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm fully behind it or not. Um, yeah, that's fair. Coming up this weekend, it is the first major event on the horse racing calendar. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. Wow. I haven't okay. got a lot of sleep this week. Okay, fair enough. Uh, the first major event on the horse racing calendar, and I don't want to spend too much time on it because we are running a little bit long here, but... Um, it is the Pegasus World Cup, and this is going to be held down at Gulfstream Park Gulfstream. in Florida. Yep. And um, Horse of the Year from 2021 and Breeders' Cup Classic champion Nix Go will be making his uh, – it's either his last or second-to-last start. They might send him to the Dubai World Cup as well. Um, uh, but this is going to be one of his final races before uh, he goes off to retirement. And um, – the main reason I bring this up, Kels, is just because I learned today that Nick's Go actually ran at Arlington as a two-year-old. No. In 2018, yes. Wow. He ran That's as a... That's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's, you know, like... Uh, think and back wild. To, yeah, so, like, Street Sense, Derby mm -hmm. winner, broke mm -hmm. his maiden at Arlington. That I knew. Yep. That I knew. And... No, um, street Sense? No. Yeah, Street Sense. Yep. Yeah, Okay. Um, you know, and obviously when, um, you know, the, the million comes around, we get some, you know, pretty, uh, uh, mm -hmm. we got, we got some, you know, pretty prominent horses that would come through here. Yeah. Don't uh, say get past tense. God, <laughs> <laughs> you were like, yeah. we get some pretty yeah. good, not anymore, <laughs> not buddy. Anymore, we don't know. Better use that past tense. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that, you know, was, it was a big deal, but you know, it's always kind of fascinating to see where these horses that go on to to win these major races, where they started, right? He was racing at Ellis. He, he raced at Arlington. He was racing at these some of these lesser tracks before he, sure. you know, really got to be the horse that he is. So it's actually going to be a, a pretty good matchup between Nick's Go and Life is Good, both Breeders' Cup winners. I'm a little concerned about the distance for Life is Good, um, but Nick's Go should be able to, to get the distance no problem mainly because he got the distance last year in winning this race. Yeah. So Nick's go has got a rail post. I think, yes. So, he drew number one. Yes. Yeah. So, and he's a horse that, that likes to be... go to the front. So yeah. Yeah. He's going to go. So, we'll have to see. Yeah. But I, uh, I always enjoy, um, at least when I was working at the track, the Pegasus was, you know, it's the start to the racing calendar. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's only, it's not that many years old, is it? No, it, it, it's a, it's a brand new thing that, 
Gulfstream started maybe a couple of years ago, right? Four or five, five years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it was initially so, uh, a twelve million dollar purse. It was huge that first year, which I'm gonna look up was twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Okay. So five years ago. Yeah. Um, and it was crazy. I mean, twelve million dollars. Twelve million dollars. The uh-huh. the Breeders' Cup Classic is worth six. And that's the like, purse this year, by the way, is $3 million. Because so they, they've added other events. So it mm-hmm. used to be just the World Cup, the mile and an eighth yep. on the dirt, and now they've added the turf races. They've added a few different races to the card. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a mini Breeders' Cup for some older horses. So it's kind of cool. Uh, because I agree. There's I not think much, it's fun, and yeah, it kicks it off. Yeah, there's not much going on in the racing calendar these days except for derby preps. Um, yep. So, you know, the there's nothing you know major to look forward to until the first Saturday in May. Um I also want to point out the fact that I think the name Pegasus is just super clever and fun, right? The winged horse. Yeah, right. I mean, it's just fun, right? Like these horses are so fast. They could be flying. And it's just, <laughs> I don't know. There's something about it that really gets me from like a creative level. Um, but I also think it's, it's about like not just being about the Derby. I think sure. is really what it comes down yeah. to for me. Well, it's I nice mean- to see non-Derby We've talked about events. we've talked about this before when when talking about horse racing and, and the relevancy, mm. you know, year round versus just the triple crown. Yeah. Yeah. It's right? good to see something happen in this time of year. Yeah. Yeah. It's gets the juices going. Yeah. And then of course there are those preps and then I I'm not saying I dislike Derby. I love the Derby. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But it is nice to get it going this so we'll have to see how that goes. We can yep. do some breakdown on it next week. Yeah, that'll be fun. And then uh, we'll get into some Olympics talk next week. And uh, I prepped. Did? I did a lot of research. Okay. All right, good. Hold, hold on to it for probably, a week. And... Yeah, people could probably do a lot of it themselves on Wikipedia, but I did do some <laughs> outside research nah, as just well. Just listen to the podcast. You'll get all you need to know. Yeah, we're going to uh, we're gonna go in hard on Olympics next week. I know we promised that for this week, but there was just too much fun shit to talk about. <laughs> and so. I'm imagining uh, by this time next week we'll have a new head coach, and hopefully that head coach will have been introduced, and we can uh, talk a little bit about what we heard from both general manager uh, Ryan Poles. I've said his name successfully this entire show. Uh, and uh, probably the new head coach uh, for the Chicago Bears. So uh, until next time, I'm Brady. And I'm Kelsey. And we'll be back.